Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Last Sunday, we were talking about teamwork. Today, I would like to continue about teamwork. When we talk about teamwork, definitely the context in our church here is about the church life and about the family life. Every one of us who is a believer has two families mingled together. We have the natural family, I and my wife and my children, we are a family. And you have your own family. At the same time, you all connected together in the local church as a spiritual family. So God cares for both family. In fact, our God is a family man. If we call, in a sense, he's a family man. He is called the Father. He is the only God in the world who is called by the followers, the Father. The gods of other religion are not called father. We call our God the father because he's a family man. And he loved his family. He loved the natural family and the spiritual family. In a family, we need to work together as a team, either in the church or in the natural family. Last Sunday, we learned about teamwork. The teamwork is so important. Husband and wife and the kids, the church leaders... The church elders and the members and all kinds of leaders in the church, all kinds of members of the church, work together as a team to fulfill the purpose of God, to make a big difference in this generation, and to leave the legacy to the next generation as well. Our children and our spiritual children will receive the legacy from this generation. Therefore, we need to learn how to work together to bless our own family and bless the families around us. Last time, I read from Genesis chapter 11, verse 6. The Bible talks about a group of people in that generation who tried to build a tower of Babel up to heaven. In that generation, they were speaking the same language. They were having the same goal, even though their goal was ungodly. Their goal is not good, was evil, to try to reach up to God by their own physical and natural strength. But they had the same common goal, and they spoke the same language. They had the same mind, the same heart together. And the Lord God in heaven was not very pleased with them. And this is what he said in Genesis 11, verse 6. Look, God said... The people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. When people work together as a team, they have the same purpose, the same goal, speaking the same spiritual language or natural language and have the same mind, harmony together, harmonize together 
the Lord say, whatever they plan to do, nothing that they plan to do will be impossible for them. In that generation, God has to perform a miracle to make all these people speak different language. Initially, they spoke the same language. Later on, some people say ni hao. Another person say good morning. Another person say sawadi. Another person say gracias. Adios. So they began to speak different languages and they could not communicate. In that generation, their plan was canceled because they could not work together in unity as a team. Today, I would like to talk about unity because the team members cannot work together without unity. Unity is the basis for any teamwork in order to get the job done. Unity must be in the house. Unity must be in the church. Unity must be in every ministry, worship ministry, the camp ministry, the archer ministry. We need to have unity in every team. In order to see success and effectiveness, we need to see the value in cultivating the unity in the group. Building the unity requires the effort of every member of the group. I know this is a practical lesson because it's important that we learn how to build unity in our own home and in our church. It requires submission, requires the help of the Holy Spirit because all the human beings, even born-again Christians, can have some measure of pride, some measure of selfishness and self-centeredness. Therefore, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to bring us together in unity. We must be aware of what is causing division, division, two vision. People don't get along, cannot work together. Or we need to know what is tearing the unity down and what can build the unity up. The devil is expert in causing divorce, division, and breaking up and strife. Strife is the manifest presence of the devil. In this church, we will not allow even a little bit of strife to happen. Because when we allow strife to happen, fighting, division, conflict, all these things, we are allowing the devil to work in the church. We will not allow strife to happen in the home either. Because we don't want the manifest presence of the devil in our own home. We try to build unity and work together. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Psalm chapter 133. Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on Aaron's beard. Down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew, the dew, you remember the dew means the grace, the favor of God, of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. Mount Zion is symbolic of the local church. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. How many people want God to pour the blessing upon your home, 
pour the blessing upon the church, upon your ministry. Not only the blessing of Abraham, but he will pour life. I'm gonna talk about life next year. I'm preparing the teaching right now, talking about Zoe, the life of God. I'm writing the first sermon right now, teaching about the life of God. So God wants to pour not just any life, but the life of God. The life is full of peace and joy and success and health and prosperity. God wants to pour His life upon the group of people that live together, work together in unity. The Bible talks about oil, which means the anointing, the presence of God, the dew, the grace of God. When we live together in unity, the anointing will flow from the head, which means the pastor or the husband, and flow down into the whole house, into the whole family, and into the whole church. That's why when you join a local church, you must make a decision that you have unity with the pastor. Otherwise, you're going to miss the blessing. The anointing will flow down. I noticed that all the pastors in those churches that hook up with our church, they all have the same anointing. Everywhere they went, they could cast out demons. They could move in the fire. They have the teaching anointing because the anointing from the head of the church flow down into the whole body. Everybody under that covering receives similar anointing. We rarely have divorce because I and my wife have good family. So everyone have the same blessing of life in the family. No divorce, no problem in the church. The anointing flow down because of the anointing. Amen? Now we're going to see how we're going to build unity. Unity is good. Everyone say unity is good. And you need to have unity with your husband and wife, with your kids, unity in the church here. The first basis for building up unity is a common goal, common purpose, common vision, the same vision. Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? That's why I understand that not everyone going to join this church because somebody may not like our vision or our goal. They need to join another church. They will find a church that they can join the goal and the vision. If people cannot even agree in the goal, they cannot walk together. And I understand some people like our church and they join because they agree with the vision and the goal of the church. Some people don't like that's okay, we love them. They are our brother and sister. We love them anyway, but we just have to walk in a different army, different teams. Having a common goal is a prerequisite for unity of a team. Any group of people who are going to work together in a project must start with the word goal. What is our goal here? If we don't have the same goal, we will not be able to work together. For me and Pastor Da, as a husband and wife, since we were born again, when we got married, we were not born again, but we were born again in the same time. Since we were born again, we have the same common goal. That number one, I'm going to be a husband of one wife. I'm not going to goof. I'm not going to commit adultery. We're going to live together until the last day 
until the Lord comes back or we depart this world. I plan to be a faithful, loyal husband. She planned to be a faithful, loyal wife. We're going to build family together. That's our goal. And our goal is to build a godly family where the presence of God is there. Our goal, since we were young couples and Tanida was still in the womb, we have the goal that one thing we want in our life is that not even one kid in our family will go to hell. We will do everything that all of our three kids will love God, serve God, and stay in the local church. So since the first day, after Pastor Da have a baby, we never miss church. We talk good about church. We tell our kids that we love church. We commit to the local church. They heard this every day since the first day of their life. They heard that mom and dad love the church. Many years ago, Pastor Da pregnant Paul and carried Joy on her lap, got on the airplane to go to the pastoral meeting in Bangkok. One seat, because we cannot buy another seat. With pregnancy and the baby on her lap in the airplane for 17 hours to go to the pastoral meeting because she commit to build a church. She never missed camp. Even Joy was baby. She still went to camp with a small baby, three months old. Never missed church. No matter how hard it is, when we first start to go to church, our kids run around the church. We have to grab them because they did not grow up in the church. But we will never give up to go to church. We just stay there and we did not even have good children program in the Baptist church in Thailand. We just went there because we want our kids to be in the church every single Sunday. Thank God we have the common goal. This is not what happening in our family. Pastor Da go to church by herself and I stay home playing computer. Kids go by yourself with mom. I'm going to play computer at my house by myself. If we don't have the same goal, the kids may be lost. We need to have the same goal to make sure this is a family goal. That our family, all of them will go to heaven. To me, salvation of my kids is more important than their high education. Than they having a good job. Than they having fame, and reputation in society. Their salvation, they know Jesus is the most important to me as a dad. We both have that goal in our life. And since then, thank God, our children still here. and love God and serve God. Amen? The same thing in the church. We need to have a common goal together. The common goal is more important to unity than having a gifted or capable person or somebody you like to work with. If somebody is so gifted, capable, and you like him so much or her so much, but if you and him or her don't have the same goal, you cannot work together in the same team. I like many Christians around the world, but I cannot work with them because we don't have the same goal. We can greet, we can drink coffee together, we can greet on the street or in the church meeting, but I and them are not in the same team because we different, have different goals of the ministry. So we need to have the same goal, the same value, the same direction to build the church, to save souls, to make disciples, to bring the fire of God to people. Even the Apostle Paul wrote in the Bible to warn all of the believers 
that before you make a commitment, you sign any contract in business venture or marry somebody before you marry a man or a woman, because divorce is not God's will. Once you marry, you can change your clothes. You don't like your car, you can just sell it, buy a new one. If you don't like your jacket, you just give to somebody and you buy a new one. But you cannot buy a new wife. You cannot get rid of your wife. You need to stay in marriage until Jesus come back. Marriage is for life. So before you get married, you need to make sure before you join business venture with somebody, you need to make sure that you and that group of people have the same mindset, have the same goal and purpose of life. That's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? The Apostle Paul talked about marriage or union or commitment with a group of people who don't have the same philosophy, the same vision, the same heart. So we need to be careful, all the young people, all the youth, you make sure before you get married, don't just look at the handsomeness or beauty of a person. But you need to make sure you sit down, you need to talk. I was discipled by American missionary from Kentucky. The husband and the wife were missionary in Thailand for 30 years. And they told me, when I was a young believer, they told me that before they date, before they became boyfriend, girlfriend, they look at each other's eyes and they ask each other, what do you want to do in your life? And the husband, his name is Dan Cobb, Mr. Dan Cobb, Pastor Dan Cobb. I want to be a missionary. And the lady named Fan Cobb, the sister Fan said, okay, sound like we can marry because I want to be a missionary as well. They were missionary in Thailand for 30 years because they have the same goal to serve the Lord in the same direction. Amen? So it's not just about under the light candle and nice food and in a nice restaurant. You need to sit down and talk before you get married. What is your goal? What are you going to do with your life? If the husband say, I just want to play game all day long. I am not interested in church. But you say, I like to serve God. Then I don't think you should get married with that man. You're going to get into trouble. You're going to run in a different direction. You need to have the same goal. Amen? amen. Hallelujah. Can I hear the single people say amen? Louder. Wow. Okay. <laughs> single mom too if you're going to remarry because your husband died or whatever and you find another man who loved you you need to make sure amen single moms okay I try to prophesy that you may be remarry <laughs> hallelujah number two not only have the same common goal number two we need to have one mind and one heart to have the same goal is not enough. A group of people who are going to work as a team must have one mind and one heart to be an excellent team. What does it mean? It means that the whole team is motivated by the same desire, the same value, the same thought, 
the same thinking. Amen. In the world, there are so many ministries and churches, and I own all of them. Some church emphasize one thing, another church emphasize another thing, but in each church, there must be one in mind and purpose together. That's why God put many churches around the world. Some church may emphasize something else, but another church emphasize another thing. But they walk together in the same mind, the same direction together. In order to be blessed by God, you need to have unity in that church, in that family, in that group. First Corinthians chapter one verse ten. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church; rather, be of one mind, united in thoughts and purpose. A group of people that work together as a team must make decision. We're gonna be in one mind, one purpose, and in the same thoughts together. Philippians chapter two, verse two. Then make me truly happy. Paul wrote the letter or epistle to the people in Philippi. He said, "Make me happy. Could you please? Could you please make me happy by what? By agreeing wholeheartedly." With each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. If you want to make God happy, you need to be united. You need to be in harmony, unity, one mind, one purpose together. If you want to make God sad, you quarrel, you go different direction, my way or by way. Something like that. Everyone just do their own thing. I'm the boss here. You are the boss too. Everyone want to be in the spotlight. I'm great here. I don't care what you say. I do what I want. Even though you may be right hundred percent of what you want to do, but in the eyes of God, it's wrong because in the group, you fight, you quarrel, you have strife. Not living together in harmony. Is that right? God doesn't just look at your right doctrine. God wants to see that you are in harmony with the rest of the people. Unity is the purpose of God; is the will of God. Amen. How we gonna keep the family and the church to be in harmony, in one mind and in one purpose together? I just want to give you two simple ways to keep everybody in the group the same way. Number one is renewed your mind with the Word of God. We need to read the word. I want to encourage you to read one chapter a day of the Bible. If you can read one chapter a day of the New Testament in 365 days, you can finish the whole New Testament book, all the books, one year. You read Old Testament as well, and not only that, you listen to the Word of God. The Word of God will renew your mind. Why does our Mind need to be renewed because we all come from different culture, different backgrounds. Pasada came from very warm, loving family. I came from a very broken home. My dad and my mom could not get along since I was two years old, and they kept fighting all of those years when I grew up. 
I came from a very lack of love family, but Pastor Da came from different background. We came from different kind of food. I ate Chinese food. She ate Jai Yo because her parents are Vietnamese. So we came from different culture, background, education, all kinds of teaching and influence into our mind. When a group of people come together, if you are American, you marry a Chinese. Definitely different thinking, the way they grow up. How you gonna put two person in the same direction? You need to have the same standard, and the same standard is in this book. You need to read the same Bible, study the same Bible, so you can think the same way, having the same principle, having the same precept and direction. As a local church, I noticed that most churches that are under our care and grow very fast. This is my observation for the past 10 years. The pastor and the churches that grow very fast and blessed by God. One of the factors. That I notice in that church, it's not even the ability of the pastor to preach. One of the factors, those churches that grow so fast, all the leaders and members listen to our CD seriously, day and night. They listen and they listen. When they listen, they speak the same language, spiritual language. They think the same way. They work together in the same direction from the same spiritual grandfather, Pastor Lau. I'm the grandfather of that church. They listen to the same message, therefore they think the same way. God bless them, bring so many people in. Healing happen, miracle happen in the church because they have the same united mind and purpose together. In our church, God tell us to give the teaching free of charge. Let me say this statement: When it's free and it's available. There is no excuse. When the teachings are available at the table, they are free of charge, available, approachable. You have no excuses not to know the teaching of this church. Amen. Can I say this? Maybe too strong, but I'm talking to the member. If you want God to bless this church and bless your family, I think the first. Priority to you as a member of this church is to listen to our own teaching. I don't mind you listen to other preachers, but if you don't even know what we preach here, how we gonna look at eyes to eyes and have unity? Because you listen to another preacher out there that have different mindset from me, different purpose and vision, and you keep listening, and eventually, believe me, in a few years we gonna depart. Because we have different teachings and different ways of thinking on from the Bible, definitely each church have different lights and liberation and understanding from the Scripture. So, in order to keep unity and the blessing, the priority is to listen to our own teaching first. And if you have leftover time, you can listen to anybody. I don't mind. You can listen to great preacher in the world. So many of them. But the first thing you need to know the teaching. I hope you forgive me to say this. But this is the fact of life. So many people have left this church just because they eventually listen to a lot of stuff out there that don't agree with me, and eventually we cannot look at each other's eyes because we have different way of thinking now. We are not in one mind together anymore. We are not in one heart together anymore. 
and eventually the division happened. Amen. So before we can build the unity, we need to get the same word, understand the same thing. How many people agree with me? Is this the truth? We have only one life to live, and this life is so short, relatively short. This is my philosophy. I believe I, I have a biblical philosophy, because I have only one family, Pasada, my kids. I have this church. I have only short life on earth here. I don't live here forever. Sixty years, hundred years, one hundred twenty years are very short. Actually, can you imagine? We already passed summer. Year 2014 is almost gone. Is that right? We just talk about Y2K, and now 14 years later, and I'm getting older. We are getting older. Is that right? So what I try to say is this: We have only short life to live. We have only one life to live. We don't have time to play around here and here and here and here and here and there. We need to stay focused and we need to be committed and loyal and keep building and building and building what God called us to do. We cannot just here and there and there and here. If you keep moving like that in your life, moving from church to church and here and there, you will not accomplish anything. If you move to another church, I'm strong today because I don't want to go around the bush. If you keep moving from church to church, every time you go there, they look at you as a guest. They will not give you any responsibility. And if you don't show up all the time, they don't even give because oh, they're just guests. But hey, pull up your sleeve, do something, impact that generation, impact people in your church. Committed, have the same mind and same purpose together. Then when you go to heaven, you can stand before Jesus. Jesus. I have run the race. I have done my best. I fight a good fight of faith. Instead of going to Jesus and say, "Oh, I'm sorry, Jesus." In the past five years, I moved to five churches. I have not done anything because every time I go, I'm a, just a guest. I have not put out my life to any congregation or any group of people. I want to encourage you: just root yourself like a tree, build, have unity. Build together in this generation, Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Number two, I think I need to continue next time. That I'm just only two topics here: how to build unity. Number two, not only that, we need to be renewed by the Word of God. Listen to the same teaching, the same doctrine, understanding. And by the way, in this church, if I say anything wrong from the Bible. If I teach anything wrong out of the Bible, you can come to me directly, personally, to correct me. Don't correct me on the pulpit here, okay? Correct me directly and say, Pastor Lau, I don't agree with what you say in your preaching. Can you explain to me? I'm open to be corrected in this church. The reason I say this is, I want to make sure New Hope International Church is based on. This book, not man's idea. Jesus is my example. If somebody give me any idea, I'm gonna look first what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, what Paul did 2,000 years ago. Anything out of this book, I start to question, because this is my standard. The book, the group of people, the church or family must have the same standard. 
And the standard must come from this book only. Not man's idea, not Thai idea, not Chinese idea or American idea. It's a biblical idea. The Bible is the foundation of this church. Amen? Okay. I don't care how famous a preacher is. If he says something not in this book, I'm sorry. I'm not going to listen to that sentence. I'm going to cut it off from my mind because I need to investigate and study the book myself. Amen? Not only the Word of God. Number two, we need to be cleansed by the fire of God. We need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings unity. The fire of God will come in to deal with your carnality. You know, it's good to know the Bible. It's good to well-versed in the Bible. You memorize the scripture. You can quote the scripture. You know Hebrews and Greeks and all the things in the Bible. But if your heart is not right, then you can be in trouble. So the fire of God comes into the church to burn the pride, the carnality, the wrong attitude, the wrong doctrine, the wrong things in our heart to cleanse us, to sanctify, to purify us, to be like Jesus, to be humble, loving, simple, meek, kind, to be like God. The fire of God will take care of the carnality in our heart, in our spirit, so that we can work together as a team. Amen? It's very important to be Humble, gentle, kind, loving, like Jesus Christ. And we all have the flesh on the inside here. We have wrong kind of spirit on the inside. Sometimes we don't even know we have the problem. You don't see yourself. You don't see that you have some kind of wrong spirit inside you. Only God knows. I don't sometimes know either. I don't know. I may know, but I may not say it. But I just depend on the Holy Spirit to clean you up. Because that wrong spirit will cause division in the church, will cause fighting in the family. We need to be cleansed by the fire of God so that we can have the pure heart, clean hand. We can look at things from God's perspective, not from human perspective. We need both the word and the fire of the Holy Spirit to keep unity in the church. In the book of Acts, God blessed the Christian in the book of Acts so much because they all have both. In the upper room, they receive the fire. Look at what the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. Acts 2, 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Apostle teaching. They need to have their mind renewed. To the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. They fear God. They respect God. And many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone as he had need. They loved the word. They fellowship. They went to care group. They break bread together, they have the fear of God, and they give to one another. They practice the love of God. Every day, they continue to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, 
praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. When you read this scripture, you can see that the early church Christians are so full of the Spirit, full of the Word. They walk together in unity, and God blessed them with the increase. Acts chapter 4, 32 to 33. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, and much grace was upon them all. How many people want God to pour his life, blessing, and grace upon your family and upon the church? What do we need to do? Unity. We have the same word, we have the same Holy Spirit, same goal, same purpose together. Amen? Humble ourselves, learn how to surrender, submit to one another, learn how to die to our own agenda, and submit to one another. Then we can move together in unity. Amen? Many times, I have my own agenda. Pastor has her own agenda. In order to keep unity, many times I have to die to my own agenda and go with her. And sometimes she does the same thing. She says, okay, I want you to get the agenda that is better for the whole family. We think about the whole family, not just my agenda. We need to look at the big picture to walk together in unity. Amen? I know the teaching today is quite strong, but sometimes we need some stake, some hard core teaching. Amen? Two days ago, one of my patients going to have surgery on this Monday. It blessed my heart. She came to me uh, to discuss about surgery on Monday. And at the end of the medical consultation, she said, by the way, thank you so much for your teaching on the great grace. And I said, oh, you listen? Where? I listen to your website. Because I have back problem. I could not go to church. I could not sit in the church. I have back pain. So now I listen and watch your YouTube, Great Grace. And she said, this is one of the best teaching I have ever heard in my life. She's a believer. She come in with a cross on her neck. She said, thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to listening more of this series. And when I listened to that, the first thought in my mind, did my member listen? Did they listen to the word of God in this church or they just don't care? And the Lord said to me, you are not everybody's coffee cup. Somebody will like your teaching. Somebody will not like your teaching. But I pray that you will like my teaching in this house. Amen? Sometime even though it may be strong. I don't like to go around the bush and just go direct. Hit the point. We will not waste our time. Amen? Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity to learn about unity, Lord. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will remind us of all this truth regarding common goal, regarding one heart and one mind. Help us, Lord, to die to our flesh. And we will not do our own things, but we're all going to think about the big picture of the purpose of your kingdom in our family, in our church. And we are willing to submit ourselves 
to other people, submit to those who have authority over us, so that we can walk together in the same army, in the same family as a team, the team that is so full of unity, Father. We pray, Father, that you will bless every family in this church, husband and wife, the single mom with their kids. The unity will happen in every household in this church, Lord. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless all of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Praise the Lord. How many people believe that we have only one life to live? How many people believe that a life is short? It's gone by very fast, almost the end of year 2014. We were talking about Y2K, just only a few blinking of the eyes, and now we are in the, almost the end of year 2014. We have only one life to live. And we were born again. We came to know Jesus for a good reason. We did not come to know Jesus just to live day by day, waiting for the angel to come one day to pick us up from this earth to go to heaven. But God allowed us to live on earth and continue all the things we do, building the family, going to work, making some income, and contributing to the kingdom of God, giving us the gifts, the abilities, the opportunities, the grace, the anointing for a good reason. And the most important reason is that we are on earth for the kingdom of God, for the glory of the Lord. I became a Christian 30 years ago. And only in a couple of years, I knelt down one day and told God, Lord, I gave my life to you. You can use me whatever you want. I totally dedicate my life to you. You can use me. If you tell me to do something, I will do it for you. And later on, I find out in the Bible that Jesus wants to build his church. And the church is his will. He said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. After I learned that, God began to call me to go to church and participate in building the church. And since that time on, almost 30 years, I have dedicated my life to build the local church until today. I don't have the word retirement in my vocabulary for the church. Even though I am 100 years old, I'm going to be here every Sunday, sitting here with all of you. Because to live for God, there is no word retirement. Amen? We have only one life to live. And God told me that there is a reason why we have the church. I believe that you have the reason why you have family. Not only that you want to be with your wife or with your husband more than normal, spend time in the same home, but you build a family together that your kids will grow up to be strong citizen and not only citizen of America, but citizen of heaven. You want your kids to succeed, to do well, to finish their education and have a good job. In the same way in the church, we want God's people to grow up, to grow up 
in the area of knowing their God. My desire is to see that you grow spiritually to really know your God personally. You don't depend on me to know my God, but you can know God yourself. You have also high anointing. You have more and more anointing and increase in the grace of God. Number three, you will know the word. You know exactly what God say, and you will not make many mistakes. Because the Bible says God's people are destroyed due to the lack of knowledge. Not only that, we want you to develop and grow spiritually, to become more and more like Christ. God wants to cleanse the church, clean up all the junk and bad attitude and human ideas and philosophy so that we can have the attitude of Christ, the mind of Christ. We need to set that goal that we can have more anointing, more understanding of the word. We will grow spiritually to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit to become like Jesus Christ. And the last but not the least important thing is that he wants his people to be soldier, know how to fight the battle, how to operate in the gift, know how to serve God fruitfully. Therefore, in my heart, I don't want you just to come to church to participate in religious ceremony and then go home and don't know what to do in the kingdom. I want you to be well equipped, anointed, and know how to serve God faithfully and fruitfully and effectively. That is the heart of Jesus. And I want to bring that heart to the church. This is not an organization. This is not a place where people come and enjoy one hour of service to fulfill religious ceremony. The church is a place of training. The church is a school of development. We need to be developed. We need to grow. We cannot stay the same every year. We need to grow up every single month to become strong and stronger believer. Jesus never said, go and make pew warmers. He said, go and make disciples. Disciples are those who are strong in faith, follow Jesus, sold out for Jesus Christ. I'm not going to compromise for anything because one day I have to stand before God and give account to God. I will do whatever it's need to be done so that God's people will grow up. If you like that kind of church, this is the church you come. But if you like entertainment, this is not the church you come. Because I'm not coming up here to entertain anybody. I cannot come up here to make you feel uncomfortable. Because to grow up, you need to exercise. I just came back from vacation. And I noticed that my son-in-law went to work out every morning. And then come back to drink protein drink. So that the muscle will get stronger. And I was thinking about spiritually. We need to do like this exercise and drink protein drink. Today I'm going to give you the protein drink. Good food. Amen. How many people want to have a big muscle? Spiritual muscle. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) So today I would like to talk about ministry. Talking about serving the Lord together. Jesus said clearly, I will build my church. He said clearly, go and make disciples of all nations and fill the earth with Christians. In order to do that, we work through the local church. And we have learned that we need to work as a team in order to be 
effective for the kingdom, we cannot do the work by ourselves. We need the team. We need to have a team mentality. We're going to work together among the brothers and sisters. But the team would not succeed or would not fulfill what God called the team to do or the church to do without unity. A couple weeks ago or three weeks ago, I taught about unity, that we should have unity to build the kingdom of God. One of the schemes of the enemy is to come in and destroy unity, either at home, between husband and wife, parents and kids, or unity in any organization and unity in the church. Our job is to make all the effort to build unity. Unity will not come automatically. It takes effort. It takes energy. It takes determination that we can build unity in my home, in our home, in our church, in our groups of ministry. We're going to have to build unity. It takes some effort to do. Psalm chapter 133, the Bible say, how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on Aaron's beard, down upon the collar of his robes. It is as if the dew, mean the anointing, the grace, the good things, the dew, of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. Mount Zion represents the church. For there, where? There. The place, the church, the family that has unity. The Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. The Bible says that if we live together, work together in unity, the Lord will bestow the blessing. That's why husband and wife need to make a decision to build unity. Every single home, every single church, every single group of ministry need to build unity. We learned last time, I review a couple principles here. We learned last time from Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? In order to build unity, we need to have the same direction or the same goal. I'm glad that I married Pastor Da. I'm Pastor Da all these 30 years. We always have the same goal. We always like the same thing. <laughs> we always like the same kind of house, the same kind of car. We always come in agreement what we're going to do. When I say God called me to start the church in 1987, he said, okay, I will serve, I will help you. We came in agreement together that we're going to build the church together. And since that time on, we're still in agreement. We have the same goal together. But not only that, sometimes people have the same goal but they don't have the same mind and the same heart. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, God appealed to you through Paul, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thoughts and purpose. In order to work together in unity, in order to make this life count to live for the kingdom of God, 
in order to be great soldier for Jesus Christ. We work as a team, but we make decision. We're gonna be in one mind, in one purpose, in one heart together. What does it mean? One mind and one purpose. It means we have the same desire. What is the desire? Desire to see people get saved. Desire to build a biblical, glorious church. Desire to see godly family. Our children will love God to the thousand generation. The desire to see people who come into the church grow spiritually. We're going to give honor to God in everything we do. We need to have the same desire. Not only the same desire, we need to have the same doctrines, the same belief, the same principle in the church. That's why there are so many churches around the world because each church emphasizes different things. People who like the same thing, they flock together to be in unity together. Somebody sent me the YouTube of a church in the Midwest of America. That church emphasized dancing. So in the YouTube, people come up and dance all the time. I dance in the service. People who like to dance will go to that church. And I understand that they, because they have the same mind, they have the same purpose. Our church, we don't emphasize dancing. We emphasize growing up, become mature, being anointed, being cleansed, living a holy life, live for the kingdom of God. Some churches emphasize blowing the trumpet and waving the flags. I don't have anything to criticize them. Those who like to wave the flag, those who like to blow the trumpet, go and live together in the same church. For me, I like the Holy Spirit. I would like to have the presence of God. I would like God to touch people. Have different purpose. Amen. That's why after I prepare this lesson, I'm going to demand all the ministry leaders in this church to listen to every single teaching in this church. If you are the ministry leader or you teach our kids, you should listen to the CD of every single teaching. Because we need to have the same mind, the same purpose. Our church believe in healing. So you need to listen to healing. We believe in the fire. You need to listen about the fire. Otherwise, we cannot walk together. Last week, God spoke to me one sentence. He said that people can do what look like good and right, but they are totally wrong. You understand what I mean? For example... My wife may not like the black car, and I like the blue car. It's totally right for me to buy the blue car, but it's wrong in her eyes. You understand what I mean? You can do what is right, but as a group of people working together, you are wrong because you don't flow with a team. You do your own things. You have your own doctrine, and you come in and fight with everybody. And even though you may be right in your own eyes, but you are totally wrong because as a group, you don't flow with the team. So that's why it's important to flow together in the church, to flow together as a team. That is the heart of God. He wants unity. He doesn't want anybody to be self-promotion and to have the kind of, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm a hero here. I don't care what other people say. You need to think about the purpose of the whole group, the big picture of the whole church, rather than thinking about your own agenda. As God's mature disciple, we are not thinking about my own agenda. We're thinking about the whole 
group purpose, the big picture of the whole group, and that's how I live all this year. I think about the big picture, about the benefit of the whole group. Today, the teaching is a little bit heavy because I want you to grow up in this area of serving. Thinking about other people's benefits rather than thinking about your own benefit. Amen? Now I will continue. I review a little bit from three Sundays ago. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. How to build unity. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Humility and mutual submission are the key to unity. Pastor Da, my wife, submit to me, and I also submit to her. We submit to one another. I need to humble myself as a husband to submit to her as well. I cannot say I'm the boss. I can do whatever I want. As mature Christian, we learn how to get rid of selfishness, self-centeredness, pride, and personal preferences. As you grow up more mature in Christ, you will think about the benefit of the whole group or the whole family rather than my own agenda. You need to humble yourself in order to work together with your spouse or with your team or with brother and sister in the same church by being humble. To practice mutual submission is so important. We submit to one another. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, I submit to you too. People who are smart, listen carefully, people who are smart and capable, but very prideful and arrogant and selfish will not be as effective as people who are less capable, less smart, but are very humble and willing to work with the team. And that's how it works in any place, even in the hospital, in the operating room, anywhere. We need to learn how to listen to one another and submit to one another. In any team, when I perform surgery, I have at least five people in the whole room. Anesthesiologist, scrub nurse, a person that walk around, and the person that assists me, Four or five people around in the room. We need to submit to one another. Actually, when the nurse told me, it's not ready for you to make a cut, you need to do something. We need to say, right side, on the back, and everyone have to say something to one another that this is the right patient, the birth date, the right location of surgery, on the right side of the surgery, not operate on the leg if I want to cut on the brain. All these things, you have to follow the protocol and the principle. And I need to even submit to the nurse. The nurse say, no, you cannot cut yet. You need to say it. This is Mr. So-and-so, birth date. Are you standing on the right side of the head? Or are you standing on the left side of the head? Because you don't want to open on the wrong side. We submit to one another. And that is how it works as a team. You need to follow the principle and learn how to be humble. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 to 5. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. What attitude Jesus had? Jesus was very humble. 
He's the most humble man in the whole human history. Living in heaven at the right hand of the Father, he humbled himself to be a human. After that, he humbled himself to wash the feet of the disciple. After that, he humbled himself to be hung on the cross, naked as a criminal. He was so humble. And God lifted him up and gave him more anointing because he was very humble. Amen? We need to humble ourselves to one another. Don't think that we are smarter than other people. We need to listen to one another, submit to one another, and think about the interests of the whole group, not just yourself. Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 6. Because of the privilege and authority God has given to me, I give each of you this warning. Paul never compromised. He wrote very strong scripture. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Measuring yourself by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body, which is the church. We are many parts of one body. And we all belong to each other. In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. In conclusion, this scripture, God put us together in the same church. We all each is a part of the body. Some of us may be a thumb, maybe a nose, maybe ear, liver, spleen, kidney. We are not cookie cutter, replica of one another. We are not the same. God created us unique. Our passion is unique. Our personality is unique. Our ability is unique. Our gift is unique. No one is like you and no one is like me. We are all unique and we all put together in the same church to complement one another. We are not here to fight with each other, to compete with each other. Can you imagine if the thumb one day say, I don't want to help your brain. I'm not going to pick up food to put in the mouth. You can lack crew cross for the next 10 hours. That's going to be in trouble. The thumb need to complement or support the brain by putting the finger on the food and put in the mouth. And the stomach has to digest to get glucose to the brain. You know that the brain cannot lack oxygen and glucose for a period of time. If you lack glucose and oxygen for a period of time, we call a condition brain death. You will not survive. The whole body need to work together as a team Complement one another, support one another. Therefore, as a household or a family, a church or a ministry group, we need to honor and respect each other's gifts. We need to see that other people are better than us in certain aspects. We respect them. And let's put our head together to work together as a team in unity and learn how to submit to one another. Learn how to let other people rise up in their gifting 
and you use your gift to bless another person. That person used the gift to bless another person. You use your gift to bless the whole body, to bless the whole group together. In this way, the group will succeed, will be effective, because we recognize other people's gift, and they recognize your gift, and we don't force other people to be like us, and we don't force people to do like us, because we are all different. God makes us so different in a different way. In even the worship leader, if you notice, they have different style of leading worship. We need to respect their style. The preacher, I cannot preach like Pastor Caesar because I'm not Pastor Caesar. He, his preaching style is different from me. At one time, uh, I like to follow some great minister in America. I went to diff- big, big meetings, these great preachers. And at one point, I was thinking, oh, I like to do like this man. I like to have the ministry in my church the same like this man. And then God spoke to me, you are not him. You need to be who you are. You cannot just copy somebody else. You need to find out what I call you to do. I repented and I said, okay, God, tell me what I need to do in my church. So I need to be who I am. And you need to be who you are. And we are here together to compliment one another. Pastor Da compliments me. Help me in the area that I'm weak at. Amen. And I compliment her too. We help each other in the house to build a very godly home. We need to help each other. We need to respect each other's gift. In 1 Corinthians 12, 14 to 21, yes, the body has many different parts. Not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. God is the one who put us in the right church, in the right ministry. We need to know where we belong in the body. We are the part of the hand, or we are the part of the head. We need to know where we are, we belong to. And we ask God to put us at the right part. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. You cannot say to brother and sister, I don't need you. You need them. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. We need each other. We need each other's talents, gift, passion. But still, we need to work together with the same heart, the same mind, the same purpose, the same vision, the same goal. But we respect each other. The difference, we are all different. We need to respect each other. Thank God for being international church. Some of you are so good in cooking Chinese food. So delicious. We are thankful that you are Chinese. You speak Mandarin. 
We are thankful that some of you are Japanese. Some of you are Mexican. We are different in culture. We need to respect each other's cultures and each other's ways of doing things. And we should appreciate. I appreciate all the Latino speaking or Spanish speaking here. Iranian brother and sister. I appreciate American brother and sister. I hope you appreciate my accent as well. Make you awake all the time. You need to listen to me carefully. <laughs> Amen. We appreciate one another, each other, because we are so different. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 14. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Be patient. Everyone say patient. With everyone. The fifth principle of building unity is to support one another. We support one another by being patient with one another. Some people may have a personality that get on your nerve all the time. You need to be patient with them. Wait for them to grow up more. Amen? You may need to be patient with those who are weak. They come into the church, they are still weak, they make mistakes. You're patient with them, you love them, you encourage them. You encourage those who are timid. You give loving correction to those who do wrong so that they will not make mistakes again. We support one another. We all are not perfect. We all are growing up. I have some aspect of my life that I need to grow up. You have some aspect in your life that you need to grow up. We all need one another to, to iron, sharpen iron together. We need each other to support one another, to teach one another, to educate, to warn, to correct, to encourage one another. We need each other. I need you and you need me. Amen? Because we are not perfect people. We still have a long way to become like Christ. And if we learn how to support one another in prayer, in correcting one another, encouraging one another, listening to one another, being patient to one another, then unity will happen in the church because we all care about one another. Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 to 2. Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. In other words, when brother and sister make mistakes, you give them some correction in a loving way, in a gentle way. But at the same time, don't think that you're better than them because you can fall too. Is that right? I cannot criticize any pastor in the world who has fallen down because I may fall too. I cannot criticize any church that they make mistakes because I can make mistakes too. My job is to pray for them. If they listen to the correction, I correct but at the same time, I need to watch myself carefully. Watch yourself, the Bible say, because you may fall too. We have no right to touch anybody. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Loving one another. We should carry each other's burdens. We should forgive one another. Supporting one another to build unity. 
my brother and sister, don't let the devil step into the church. Strife, quarrel, and fighting are the manifestation of the presence of Satan. Love, unity, peace are the manifestation of the presence of God. I don't want the manifestation of the presence of Satan in this house. I want God's presence only. And if God's presence is here, there will be unity, peace, harmony, working together, listen to one another, reaching to the same goal together. Sometimes you may need to die to your own agenda and join the team to work with the whole team agenda. Sometimes you need to humble yourself and say, Okay, la, I'm not going to do what I want. I'm going to do what the team wants. We need to work together as a team. Amen? Amen. I always tell people in the world that I'm not excited about great charismatic preacher. I'm more interested in character. How he treats his wife. How he treats his members. How he works with other people. I'm more on the character than anointing and power. Because anointing and power can be taken away by God if you don't behave correctly. I'm more on the character side. My brother and sister, if you have the gift that is greater than me on certain issue, you may be great in singing. I'm not great in singing. You need to watch your character because if you are not humble, you start to look down on your pastor, on other people around you, you are prideful. And that is not good character. God gives you different gifts from me. We need to respect each other. You see the point? We need to respect each other's gift. You may be gifted in prophecy. It doesn't mean you're better than those who have the gift of serving. We need to honor one another. Amen? Amen. Let's us become humble and don't think that we are better than other people. We always honor one another, supporting one another, and we're going to live together in harmony and God going to bless this church. My dream. My dream is to see that this church will last to our kids, to our grandkids. We're going to have new leaders rise up in the church. When we all die, this generation, our kids still here, and they still serve God. And our grandkids still rise up here. We're going to continue until Jesus comes back. Amen? Amen? We don't want to build something fakey that one day just collapse. We want to build something strong. And in order to build something too strong, we need to follow the Bible and follow the Holy Spirit. So today, I read all the scripture that Paul wrote in the Bible regarding the life in the church, working together in unity. I know that this message is hard to preach on Sunday, but I think this is the best time for everyone to hear. Amen? Everyone say, I want to work together in unity. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I love you. I support you. I honor you. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.
Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this teaching, reminding us to work as a team in unity. Lord, I pray that we put this teaching into practice in our home, in our company, in our workplace, in our ministry team, and in the whole church. Lord, we want to practice what you say because we want to be like the house on the rock that do what you say so that when the storm and the rain come, we will not fall. We will stand to the end. Thank you, Father, for using us to be body builder. We want to be good soldier. When our friends fall down, we will not desert them. We will pick them up and protect them and work together, supporting one another like the army of God, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty.